Yeah. Happy New Year. 2022 is here. It's going to be so great, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Uh, let me turn down turn down the news. Yes, it's been a long time. I have a, a few moments here. I figured I'd stop in and say hi. It doesn't really feel like there's been that, that much time since the last podcast. I did my football picks yesterday morning, and then that's the problem. Just like with all the other podcasts, I record something, and I say, all right, I did it, done. And then I forget, oh, I do need to actually, is it really like a tree falls in the woods? Is it the same kind of thing with a podcast? If you record a podcast on your phone and you don't upload it, it's not really a podcast, is it? It's just an insane person talking to their phone and nobody else. And, you know, there's a pretty fine line <laughs> between that and what I do anyways, I think. Uh, but here we are, little little podcast to kick us off into the new year, the new 2022. Uh, yeah, a bunch of schools seem to be closed for COVID reasons for the first couple days back. I don't totally, you know, okay. It's fucking, well, whatever. I, I don't want to talk about COVID. I I know that there's going to be a, a lot of a lot of teachers are going <laughs> to just quit or retire or whatever they can do to get the hell out of teaching. I already know several who have already. They're just like, yeah, teaching is my passion. It's what I've always wanted to do, and they did it, and they fucking worked themselves to death, and then now they're they're done. They're done teaching, and and others who have been doing it for years who are like, I'm not really sure if I should be doing this anymore. This thing of mine that I've uh, that I'm the only thing I've ever wanted to do since I was a kid, and I've been doing it for several decades, and I don't know if I can do it because the remote thing uh, destroyed me. And if we go back to that, I don't have it in. Uh, like I, I can't even imagine. And what in New Hampshire? Look, at least New York, Massachusetts, some of these states like teachers, they still no matter what they still don't make enough money. But in New York and Massachusetts, they make a pretty good penny, and that's nice. Uh, in New Hampshire, they do not. I'm sure there's a few exceptions. I'm sure you can always find exceptions and somebody who's uh, whatever, uh, who's making an okay uh, way for themselves. But I was watching the Board of Education meeting a few weeks ago, and the teacher was on there talking about because the fucking kids, the remote thing was hard enough. And then coming back, all these kids have like regressed they lost whatever communication skills and ability to function as a human being in public. Just like most of us, it's like, it's still a little weird for those of us who have been remote. Um, it's still a little weird to go out, <laughs> to go out in public and like socialize and stuff. It is it's admittedly like I find myself like just weirdly uncomfortable and uh, more so than usual. But you know, I have I have the skills enough to just kind of deal with it and uh, you know work my way through it. And these kids who are all under the age of eighteen are still developing. Their brains are still developing. They're still learning all this stuff. And they fucking went remote for a year, uh, a year and a half, whatever it was. And now they're back and they don't they don't know what to do. And they're just all. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like uh, it's it, animals. It's crazy the stuff that I hear. <laughs> That's <laughs> unbelievable. And so this teacher was on the thing talking about how they, uh, her picture was all over the bathroom uh, because, uh, and, and by the way, to have 
to be at a point to go public and talk about this has to has to be so humiliating and and not humiliating but just so just so horrible to live with this and then to go into a board of education meeting and talk about it in public so her picture was plastered all over the school uh in a fun little thing that the kids created called the masturbation society or the the jerk off club or something like that and they had her picture on it and so Everywhere she goes, she knows that every student has seen this thing and that she's in the, you know, whatever. And uh, and then the kid's getting into big fights in the middle of the classroom and, like, she can't, you know, you can't do anything about it. And then the real kicker was that uh, she's she's not brand new either. And her salary, she said, she just said, I make $45,000 a year and I... My I grabbed I clutched my heart like I I think I'm having a heart attack, and I almost fell out of my chair, uh, because I know a lot of teachers. I have a lot of friends who are teachers, and it's for most of them it has been a very long time since they were making forty five thousand dollars a year, even the ones that have only been doing it for like you know whatever five ten years, they're they're well beyond that point. You know, it's it's like, oh, my God, that's what they pay the teachers in New Hampshire. That's dreadful. I remember in the 90s, my dad was talking about some new a new teacher at his school. This is like mid-90s, early 90s, mid-90s, I don't know, who was complaining because they started him off at 30000 a year. And I remember thinking at the time, like, wow, that seems like a pretty good salary. And the great thing is, like, 15 years later, I got my first job in a bank making $30,000 a year. I Let's be honest, it was twenty nine five. <laughs> it was the most unbelievably easy job that I've ever had. It was just downright boring. And there's days where I I miss it, where I think, "Oh my god. Imagine if I had that job. I just you just kind of It was one of those I wouldn't say you can sleepwalk through it, but you know, a lot of times you could. And there was some there was some critical thinking here and there. I had to do some stuff, some some digging, some analysis, some investigation, but otherwise it was, and that was really just like the first two or three weeks of the month. Usually the last, the last week of the month was like, okay, we're done. Our work is done and we have nothing to do. We would, we would play categories. We would go on picnics. We'd go to the sushi restaurant. We'd play games. We'd watch, uh, before Christmas, we'd have a Christmas party and we'd watch, I don't know, Elf. I want to say we watched Elf. We watched some Christmas movie. I don't remember. It was just like it was it was Dunder Mifflin. It was just like this is this is what the real world is like. I've been working at a I've been working in retail. No, that's nonstop. This is what it's like in an office. And of course, now I'm at a point where uh, both my my salary and my <laughs> my day to day are nothing that even even slightly remotely resembles uh, what it was like in 2008 when I got my first big boy job. But holy, mo- but that's the thing. I started at that and I said, okay, this is like five bucks more than I'm making at the bookstore, but it's the door, the foot is in the door and I'm going to, you know, after a year or two, I'll be, this is a, this is a, uh, this is a springboard to something else. As even, you know, one of my coworkers said like, yeah, John's not going to be here for long. He's, he's out of here as soon as he finds them. I'm like, Hey, I, I take offense to that. And then it you know what? By God, she was right. <laughs> uh, that was a great group, though. Anyway, 
up. So to think of like, oh my God, this teacher probably started below 30,000 and has like worked their way up to just like the mid, I mean, I left after a year at my first job that I just talked about making 29.5, I left to go to a job that paid me 45. That was after one year in the real world (laughs) and the big boy job world. After a year, I moved on. So I was like, okay, this is a pretty low salary. And then after that, I was like, wow, now I've got a nice little raise here going on to, to 45. And then after that, it was it just kept going up, up, up. But that's the thing. In the industry that I'm in, you can you can leave and you can leverage, you know, get a better deal somewhere. That's the thing. You, you get locked in, you get your tenure, uh, your tenure, and and not tenure, your tenure, um, and you you ideally, while while it may not be the greatest salary, it's like, okay, well, it's going to go up. It's going to keep going up and it's going to be at a place eventually where after 30 years or so and I'm at an age where I can get Social Security, I get my pension, and I'll be, yeah, I'll be doing all right. You know, my, I know a lot of retired teachers and they're doing, they're doing just fine. They're, they're, they're living life, man. It's not bad. But most of the retired teachers I know Probably all of the retired teachers I know were teachers in New York, where you are certainly paid a whole hell of a lot more than you're paid in New Hampshire. Same with Massachusetts. I mean, I just and that's the thing. My kids have the most have the most spectacular uh, have had the most spectacular experience in their elementary school and their middle school because I hate you know you're sitting around and you're saying wow this is what a high school teacher is making. High school math teacher, English teacher. That's the thing. It's not even like, and not that the secondary subjects should be paid less or anything like that, but it's like this was a, this was a teacher teaching one of the core subjects, a math or a re- English or something. I don't remember. But uh, you have to say, okay, that's why all of our kids' teachers have been phenomenal because they're, they truly are not in it for the money because you can't. You can't be a teacher in New Hampshire and be uh, you can't really be a teacher most places and say, yeah, I'm just in it for the money. I don't think that's something that that too many teachers uh, can utter, unfortunately. Um, but in New Hampshire, you really you from what I can see, what I've what I know, you really are not in it for the money because it's, it's New Hampshire. That's just yeah, nobody nobody's getting paid more in New Hampshire to do the same job that people are getting paid to do in Massachusetts or New York. It's just, yeah, again, outliers here and there, I'm sure. But otherwise, it's, yeah, that's that's the way it is. So you, you figure, well, that's kind of great in some ways uh, because, yeah, you have teachers who really, they're not here for the money. They know how little they're being paid, and they, they continue to do it, and they're uh, and they're just phenomenal. Anyway, enough about that, enough about that. Uh Oh, well, um, uh, teachers all need to be paid more and the teachers in New Hampshire really, really need to be paid more. Uh, so yeah, so that's fun. Uh, I hope that, I hope that it doesn't come to that. I hope that there's, as we've seen mass exoduses of, of so many workers and so many other industries who are realizing, Hey, you know what? This sucks and I'm treated poorly and I'm paid poorly and, the benefits are nothing or shitty, next to nothing, 
and I don't need to be doing this anymore. And the pandemic has woken up a lot of people to that, right? Like, what am I doing? What am I doing here in this job? And, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's happening. Uh, it's been happening for teachers. I mean, when the pandemic started in 2020, you heard about, yeah, like a lot of teachers who are probably going to stick around for a few more years, but were at a point where they could retire said, okay, uh, I'm not doing this, uh, I'm not doing this remote thing. I'll finish out the the 2020 year doing it, and then I'm done. And then some other teachers, I think, came back and said, you know, I'm going to, for the kids, we're all in this together, and the kids are going to be remote, and, you know, I want to navigate them through it, and they did last year. And, uh, and, and it's just like, it's, yeah, burnout city, man. I have a really good friend, well, not, not a really good friend, but a, a really good dude who I am friends with. <laughs> um, yeah, just left his uh, – well, he's a really good friend. We don't hang out or anything, but he's a – you know, he's a friend. He's a very good friend. Anyway, he uh, – yeah, he just left uh, last day before the holidays. Was He's like, yeah, can't do it. What's, uh, what's the trade-off here? And that's the thing, like, you have to – that's one thing that over the years that I've realized when I was, you know, hoofing it to Boston every day or – Charlotte or wherever it was, Albany, whatever. Uh, and I'm, you know, you're in the office at least eight hours, probably more. And you come home and you're just, you're just fucking done. Just, I have nothing left to give. I have no energy. I have no strength. I would come home after, uh, you know, a, sometimes a two hour drive, nine, 90 minute on a good day, 90 minute. Uh, often, yeah, I would leave, I would leave my office at four and drive home. And if I got home before six o'clock, that was a major, major win. Five. There was one day I got home at five twenty-five, and I'm like, "This is unbelievable! This is phenomenal!" I just zoomed home. Only ninety minutes to get home. Wow. Uh, but I would get home, and I would just come and lie down. I'd be like, "I can't, I can't talk to anybody just yet. I have to go, just lie down in a dark room in the bed and just." Oh, just breathe, breathe, breathe. Uh, and so that doesn't last for very long. And what you think about is this is not fair. It's not fair to me and it's not fair to my family. Why Why do a bunch of, I mean, you know, strangers, people who become your friends at work, but still, why is it that my coworkers get to experience the very best of me and my family does not? And that's bullshit and it's not fair and i think a lot of people are waking up to this you just kind of you go through the motions and you get used to it right like you're you've been you've been exercising that muscle of just like the repetition of get up shower get dressed blah 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 get ready get the kids to school get out the door go to work work all day work all day long commute get home exhausted have dinner maybe maybe you get <laughs> an hour or two with the family of quality time maybe um but otherwise, it's like, okay, see you on the weekends, guys. And for me, uh, my whole weekend was just migraine city every weekend. There was at least one full day that was completely shot because I had a crippling migraine that even lying down in a dark room did nothing for it. I could take Excedrin and Aleve and anything else all day, cold, pat, whatever, you name it, nothing, nothing, Uh and you get to the point where it's like, okay, I don't, I can't do this. So I'm going to fucking die. 
And it's, yeah, and it's not fair that I get, I can, I can stitch myself and bandage myself together enough. I can, I can Frankenstein myself into a, a smiling, well, I don't know about smiling, but just a, a good natured guy at the office who's, yeah, who's really giving it his best. And then I come home and it's like, hey guys, don't talk to me. I'm going to lie down. That fucking sucks. It's not fair to anybody. And I know I'm not the only one. There's a zillion people out there who have that same thing every day. The pandemic sent us all home. We got to experience what it's like to be with our family and just slow down and stop and not go, 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 go all the time. And for me, not for everybody, for me, it's fucking, it was exactly what was long overdue and what I needed. And it was, you know, you always carve out quality time. You know, even if you're just exhausted, even if you have a fucking a migraine that feels like 20 sledgehammers bashing your head uh, and you still get up on Saturday and take your kids to do what they need to do and, you know, take them to the movies and take them to dinner and take them to their sports and take them to their things and and spend time with them, even though you want to die. And so I think a lot of people said, yeah, you know what? (laughs) This sucks. And I'm not going to do it anymore. And so, yeah. So I had a friend who was done right before the holidays. Like, yeah, that's it. I can't, I can't give any more of myself because I need to give myself to my family now. And that's what a lot of people are saying. Anyway, this is, just, this is not at all what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about happy things. Um, so anyways, if you're, if you're a teacher, man, you're just the fucking greatest. You really are. This, that's a shitty hard job a lot of times. I know it's a very rewarding job. Most of the people I know were or are teachers. And it's a fucking, it's a rewarding thing to, you know, to change. You're changing, you're actually changing lives. The shit that I do every day doesn't change anything. It's just whatever. If they didn't have me, they'd plug somebody else in. That's, that's my line of work. I try to stand out and differentiate myself. I have a few nice emails that, that may back up that claim from, from colleagues, which is cool. It's a good feeling, but also you could, you could, uh, you know, it might be a little rocky. If I just, if I just left today, they'd find somebody else, Uh, you know, and if a teacher left, they'd find another teacher, but that's like, it's not the same because each teacher has their own unique approach as, as sort of, uh, I don't know, as sort of automated and, and process-oriented and, and manufactured as today's teaching has become, to, you know, that there's less of that individuality because you have to stay within a pretty strict set of uh, guidelines. You're pretty confined compared to teachers of, of old. But you still, every teacher brings their own unique style, their personality, their own touch to the classroom, and they have that. They build those relationships with all their kids and then they get fucking put on the masturbation club in the fucking bathroom. And then they get paid $45,000 a year to do that. And you go to the school board and they're literally in tears saying, why don't you do something to the, to the, superintendent, the, 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 the school leaders who don't do anything? I, I fucking can't even imagine. Because for me, if I'm unhappy, I leave and I go to another job. Teaching, it's not quite how it works. Because ideally, the, the whole point of it, like, you, you think, okay, I'm going to get locked in, and I'm going to have my tenure, and then after however many years, uh, when I'm a certain age or put in a certain amount of years, I'm going to be done, I'm going to cash out, I'm going to get my pension, get my Social Security, 
and just uh, and relax. But they get the summers off. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but it's crazy how there's like eh, whatever. I'm not going to get into it. Let's just quickly talk about uh, a few things. Got back from vacation. Well, not for me. There's no vacation for this guy. <laughs> vacation is Saturday and Sunday. That's my vacation. <laughs> Every week I get a magical vacation adventure called Saturday and Sunday. And Saturday morning is truly my, uh, I just, uh, Saturday morning is the, if you ask a lot of people, what's your favorite day of the week? What's your favorite time of the week? There's a couple. I like Thursday night. Again, because Thursday night is like the weekend is almost here. But Friday night, if I get to Friday night and it's like it's 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock on Friday night, and I'm already like, oh, my God, Friday night is already over. The half of the weekend's over. We didn't, we didn't make the most of this Friday night like we should have. Thursday night, I don't care because it's not the weekend yet. So if I'm just hanging out, watching TV, watching a football game, playing some video games, it's like, yeah, Thursday, baby. Friday's almost here. Uh, but my truly my favorite time of the whole week is Saturday morning, early Saturday morning. It's hard to get up early Saturday morning because we do stay up late Friday night quite often. Because uh, uh, the wife goes to bed very early during the week because she gets up at 530. And she does an unbelievable... She works at the school. And she tells me, by the way, how fucking horrible. And she's been there. She was there long before the pandemic was even a thing. And used to tell me, like, how great all these kids are. Like, they're so, by and large, a respectful group. This is a huge school, too. This is like, you know, this is a huge, thousands of kids. Uh, there's two high schools in this, <laughs> in this city of ours. And three middle schools and, like, 12 elementary schools. Like, every few feet, there's an elementary school. A lot of kids. A lot of people. And uh, she would just say, like, I can't believe, like, they're just so, they're tolerant. Like, there's all different, uh, you know, very diverse, not just racially, but, like, everything, you know. Just just representation of every uh, ethnicity, every orientation, every, you name it. And they're just like nobody's a dick to each other, and they're pretty, they're pretty good to the, to the adults who are there. You know, an occasional fight breaks out, but they've got, uh, you know, they've got a security guy and a couple, you know, security team to take care of that stuff. But otherwise, it's like, yeah, it's a pretty good group. And now, <laughs> no, not the case, not the case. They're just fucking assholes. They have just, yeah, it's it's really, the last two years have done a number on everybody. Uh, but anyway, my wife gets up early, so she goes to bed early, and I kind of go to bed early too because when her alarm goes off, I wake up too, uh, and I take the kids to school. She gets the kids' lunches ready, gets herself ready, gets dressed, gets showered out the door by 7. I'm out the door with my oldest by 7.45, and then the youngest by 8.25, and then I get home, and it's time for work. So there's... Yeah, there is not as much time to just a year ago when everybody was remote school and my wife wasn't going in until, my God, I think it was like 10, 1030 and just working, uh, you know, three or four hours. Um, and now she works more so we can have uh, 
so I can do contract work so she can have health benefits so I don't have to worry about that, which is great. Um, but yeah, we don't have that time anymore to just like, hey, let's sit on the couch until midnight and watch, uh, watch a movie or watch some TV. And then I'll go to bed at midnight and then who gives a shit because I can sleep until 830 because the kids have remote school and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so that, those days are over, at least for now. And um, so we don't get a lot of quality time. So the vacation to me is any time <laughs> I can just sleep in and not take the kids to school. So last week was a vacation for me in that sense that I could just sleep until 845 and, and then get up and, and log into the computer and, and work. Um, and it was a busy work week. Surprisingly, usually that week between Christmas and New Year's, I, I like to work that week because I don't like wasting vacation time because nobody else is around. you kind of left alone. You can catch up on things. You can do stuff that's been in your queue for a while that's uh, you know, maybe not top priority, but you can, just, you can clear it out. Uh, last week was not that kind of week. But, um, but anyways... <laughs> so on Friday night and Saturday night, the wife and I stay up very late, sometimes until one or two in the morning, watching TV, watching SNL, watching whatever, uh, having some peanut butter buta. <laughs> but I still, even if I have like three and a half hours of sleep, I still just, I'm programmed to get up at 7 a.m., 7.30. So I'm up pretty early on Saturday. And that's my favorite time because it's quiet time because nobody else is up. Yeah, I know you got a lot of like early risers to do some grocery shopping here and there. Not a ton. You got early risers to like uh, soccer games and stuff that you know maybe happen pretty early. Uh, but I I get up early so I can just sit on the couch. I have a bunch of iPads open, watch a bunch of TV, play a bunch of video games, just relax and have nothing on my mind. And it's the greatest that those few hours. Those four or five hours or so on Saturday morning are just the best. I, I look forward to it all week. I, f- I love Saturday morning. I love Saturday evening, too. Uh, anyways, so this the past couple of Saturdays were not quite... I mean, Christmas and New Year's were on Saturday this year. So what we did was we drove, uh, we drove to North Carolina. We left Thursday. What's that, the 23rd? Uh, wasn't sure what we were going to do. The family kept asking, what's your plan? What's your ETA? I'm like, I can't really give you that because I don't know. It's It has to be, if I get too tired, I'll stop at a hotel, and I don't know when or where that's going to be. Uh, otherwise, if I'm not too tired, I'm going to just fucking plow right through, just like we did uh, back in August for Myrtle Beach. And that's exactly what happened. Got up Thursday, had a regular kids go to school, wife goes to work, I go to work. I log off work around 4 o'clock. Uh, in between, was out packing uh, mucho Christmas presents into the car, which was kind of sad because we had a, you know, I, I just, I love, is there anything better than a, than a scene of a Christmas tree in late December, mid-December that's just surrounded by presents, beautiful wrapping paper and lights and everything. And so to... To have to take all of that down to some degree before Christmas, it was kind of sad. Like, man, now there's like there's nothing under the tree. Uh, Wednesday night, let's go back to Wednesday. We had we had a pre-Christmas because look, I love, I just love having Christmas 
just the four of us, Christmas Eve. I love going, I love making Christmas cookies on Christmas Eve. The kids make Christmas cookies for Santa, even though, unfortunately, last year was the, the last Santa Christmas. Um, but, but we were still, you know, that's still going to be a thing. Christmas Eve, you make Christmas cookies. And, you know, we make Christmas cookies and put sprinkles and crap all over the cookies. And then I go and pick up Chinese food and sushi. We, you know, I watch Garfield's Christmas, Mickey's, all the, as many Christmas specials as I could possibly fit into one day is what Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are all about. And then Christmas morning, you get up and have presents. There has been, there's been one Christmas that we spent here at our own home where we didn't have to get in the car and either go to the airport to fly south or drive south. And that was last year. That's the only one where we just didn't have to. It's one of the handful of Christmases where we haven't had to go anywhere. Actually, it's the only Christmas where we haven't had to go anywhere that I can think of, you know, since I was a kid. And it was just the greatest. But there was something missing, and that was the rest of the family. So what we're going to do next year is probably go down the week before Christmas and see the family and then drive back uh, on the 23rd. 22nd, 23rd, and then that way we're here and we can have our Christmas. And that way we pull the kids out of school for a week. <laughs> Nobody's going to, they're not, at least the oldest isn't going to complain about that. And we'll go down and, and see the family next year. I think that's what we'll do. Um, it's great to spend Christmas with the family to actually on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. It had been a while. I don't remember. I think, I want to say maybe four years ago was the last time that we had Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with the family. We've normally, f I think we've flown down like Christmas morning. And that's the thing. It's like we get up, we open presents, and then, okay, get dressed, everybody. We have to go to the airport. Or get dressed, everybody. We have to get in the car and start driving south. And uh, so it makes, it makes it tough to like to be able to, to have your own traditions. And for years, we had to coordinate the whole Santa thing. And we had to sneak presents onto this, you know, into our luggage to fly down and leave, make sure that the stockings were filled and hung by the chimney with care before we left. It was a whole, you know, in Santa's note, we had to, we typed it on special paper with special whatever ink. I don't, I don't remember, but um, had to make sure that and a, a nice scroll and we bring that down. <laughs> We'd have to bring that with us and make sure that it was coordinated just right so that, you know, Oh, children, I've left you some presents in North Carolina, but you have many more waiting for you back home in New Hampshire. And it was, uh, you know, nothing really n remotely relaxing about it. And, yeah, and for years prior to that, it was like, yeah, we're driving home, you know, flying up to New York or driving up to New York from Florida or from North Carolina. And when we lived in New York, Christmas Day was just, you know, no fewer than three stops at three different houses to have, uh, you know, presents and food. And it's great. You want to be together with family and stuff. But, you know, the people who <laughs> the people who have to travel and do that stuff, it makes it a very, uh, very challenging and not not at all restful. But it's worth it when you get there and you're sitting at the dinner table with your family and somebody has who's not me has cooked a delicious meal. And it's great. It's wonderful. But I really, I missed having, uh, yeah, it was, t it was uh, you know, a little different to not have our, our Christmas Eve 
Chinese food and sushi and our Christmas cookie decorations. And I got down there and we bought a bunch of, I bought a bunch of cookie dough so the kids, you know, hey, you can still make cookies on, on Christmas Day or even the day after, whatever, make Christmas cookies. And that didn't happen, uh, which is, you know, hey, that's, that's okay. But uh, yeah, so I think we're going we're gonna to do it a little differently from now on and maybe just uh, give, the kids, give the kids a two-week vacation and just, just pull them out of school for, the, for that last week before Christmas. And, uh, and that way we can be down because their, their cousins have that week off. The cousins get two weeks off from their school. So that way they'd be able to hang out, have a vacation together and we'd be back home. Do we do presents, have like an early Christmas with the family and then be home for Christmas. And that's nice. Enjoy, enjoy our Christmas and not have to go anywhere on Christmas Eve or Christmas day, other than me possibly driving downtown to get the Chinese food. Uh, but it was so we had we did things a little differently, and it was kind of neat. We did a Wednesday, uh, the Wednesday before Christmas. What's that? The twenty second, I guess. We exchanged some gifts, not all, but some, and uh, had a little, you know, played some Christmas music, and the kids got some of their Christmas PJs and a few other fun things. Uh, just some little, some little fun stuff. Not the big gifts, not the fun, not the really big things. But some fun stuff, and uh, gave the wife some some of her presents, uh, and then the rest, and then another portion we packed in the car. I spent Thursday running between meetings. If I had if I had thirty minutes between a meeting, I would go pack some more suitcases into the car and some more presents uh, that that barely fit, but they still they all fit, uh, and it was fucking frigid too i was out there just running out in my shorts throwing some presents into the car and having to you know the whole tetris thing with that that's fun um and then thursday the kids came home from school i finished up work around four o'clock logged off packed the laptop in the laptop bag took a last sweep of the house last trip to the bathroom finished up everything uh filled the kids stockings so that those would be under the tree when we came home and uh, turned off all the lights, locked the door, and hit the road. Uh, it was about quarter to five that we got on the road. Uh, we took a detour, which is always stupid, but I can't help myself. Uh, I had to take a quick detour through Manhattan, like I always do. And I know Kimmy is very annoyed by that. But I, I wanted to see the tree, even if we just drove past the tree. I wanted to go see the tree, and we saw the tree. It was nice. It's not as nice as if we parked and got out. I was almost going to park. I saw. I found a spot. Uh, there was like, I was like, whoa, these spots are available. We could just, and then Kim's like, to do what? <laughs> like, to park so we can go walk and see the tree. Uh-uh. All right, all right. So, which is fine. Um, but we did. We drove up Fifth Ave. Uh, to see, you know, all the stores, all the shoppers rushing home with their treasures and uh, and did, in fact, get to drive to, you know, because from Fifth Ave, you can see the tree pretty, pretty nicely and snapped a quick picture of it. And the kids, hey, kids, there it is. There's the Rockefeller Center tree. It's great. And uh, oh, my God. But the yeah, the pedestrians and the traffic, as you can imagine, on the Thursday before Christmas was quite something. Uh, but that's okay. Didn't go anywhere near Times Square. I mean, you know, kind of, but not not like through Times Square like we often do. Um, it was bad enough going up Fifth, and so anyway, yeah. So it was nice. It was a good little 
Drove through Central Park a little bit. The usual kind of stuff. Just whatever. Look at the lights, kids. Look at the trail. Look at the buildings. Hey, Empire State Building. Hey, it's pretty. And, uh, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then got the hell out of there. And then stopped in New Jersey to get some Burger King. Yum, 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 yum. So many people not wearing masks. And it was great. Yum, 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 yum. And we wolfed down our food and got the hell out of there. And then uh, drove, through the, drove through the night. And my irrational fear, I don't have this fear ever at all during the day, anytime, anywhere, ever, uh, unless I have suitcases packed in the car. And that is the fear that the hatch is just going to magically pop open. And usually the fear is just that, okay, all my luggage is going to fall out. Like I t- there's certain things that I will kind of tie down, which is uh, my backpack that has all the video games and tablets and f- you know fun electron fun and expensive electronics, uh, and then I will tie down my work laptop bag because that's my greatest fear is that my work laptop goes flying out and then I'm like okay now what? Uh, so the whole drive, I'm I'm white knuckle on the steering wheel because I'm just I keep every few minutes I keep picturing that the trunk is just going to fly open. And usually it's just the fear is that the luggage, the suitcases, our clothing, shoes, you know, if it's summer, like the boogie boards are going to go flying out. <laughs> the pool noodles are going to go all over the highway, all over I-95. Uh, but now this was a new one because uh, I've got a whole, usually I, when we fly down to North Carolina, I have all the presents shipped to my parents' house so that we can get there and then just wrap them at their house. Uh, and, and give them to people. But I said, well, since we're driving down, uh, why pay? Because if you have it shipped to New Hampshire, you're paying the New Hampshire taxes, which is nothing. So it's going to cost, I'm saving hundreds of dollars by having them shipped to me and just drive them down. So that's what we do. Uh, so now my irrational fear of the suitcases falling out has turned into an irrational fear of all these lovely gifts just flying just all over I-95. <laughs> oh. All over, all over the Holland Tunnel. Um, yeah. Oh God, I can't even imagine. Uh, so that was my fear the whole time. And my other fear was, well, let's see now. If we stop at a hotel, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the hotel luggage cart, and I'm going to bring every single one of these presents into the hotel room because I don't trust anybody and I fully expect that our car would be broken into and all the presents would be gone when we woke up the next morning. So my several, several fears <laughs> and just the fact that I didn't want to be driving on Christmas Eve, uh, I just wanted to get there. So we left at quarter to five, took our little New York City detour, saw the tree, saw the building, saw the lights. Uh, it's good fun. Stopped in New Jersey for a little bite to eat, and then that was it. And then we didn't stop again until uh, until I needed gas around, I don't know, 5 in the morning, somewhere in a place called uh, Butney. Butney, North Carolina was, the, I think, the next time we stopped after New Jersey. Uh, yeah, stopped to get gas, stopped to get food in New Jersey, filled up the tank, and then had enough to get to Butney, North Carolina, which is just outside of Durham. Uh, and Butney is every bit what you would think Butney, North Carolina. It's just, I fucking hate 
driving through North Carolina. At least when we get to Charlotte, it's like, all right, well, Charlotte is like humans live here. It's a city, you know, there's buildings, there's some skyscrapers, there's NFL, there's NBA, there's there's signs of life, there's human existences here, restaurants and things, you know. Uh, and that's not the case necessarily in a place like Butney. And there's a lot of Butneys, and that's what I hate. I hate the drive to Myrtle Beach because I hate driving through. I hate driving through Virginia because that's not much different. And I hate driving through North Carolina, and I hate driving through South Carolina because it's all just like, it's just backwoods, uh, old houses. Some of them, you know, some houses that are like, wow, that was a plantation. Uh, billboards telling you how evil you are if you're gay. A uh, lot of, boy, a lot of Jesus billboards. You don't see any. I, once in a great while, if you're really driving around the backwoods in the Northeast, yeah, you'll see a thing here or there. But, man, you get down into the South, and it is just every billboard there. Got Jesus? Jesus is the only way. It's not Adam and Steve. It's Adam and Eve. Well, it's not Adam and Eve either because that's a fairy tale too. Huh? Anyway, um <laughs> And the drive, the drive that we took, you know, there's there's not a lot of great options, right? When you're driving to Charlotte from the Northeast, you either take, you either go, I mean, you always have to go through Connecticut, which sucks. Merritt Parkway, need I say more? Hey, uh, let's build a highway with stop signs. You have to wait at the stop sign to get on the highway. Hey, that's a great idea. Uh, what else should we do with this highway? Should we make it like three lanes? So that, no, 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 let's make it two lanes. Two lanes is way better. For all those people driving between New York and Boston, it can't be that many. Let's make it two lanes. Okay, cool. That sounds good. Uh, what else should we do? Uh, let's have it, should we have it be just like a straight, as straight as can be? No, let's make it really windy. Let's, let's have some spots where like everybody's going to have to slam on their brakes because there's just a sudden, uh, just a sharp turn. Let's do that. So two lanes, really windy, stop signs instead of on ramps. And we'll put little gas stations here and there. Um, and then even if you stop at the gas station, uh, when you try to get back on the highway, that's also going to be a stop sign. Okay, should they all be stop signs? Well, some of them will be yield signs. Oh, okay, well, what's the difference? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. You're still going to fucking die if you get off the Merritt Parkway and try to get back on. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, so you have to... And there's ways to avoid, I've gone different ways to avoid the Merritt Parkway, but the honest truth is that's just the, that's the way, that's the best way to go. And 84, and then sometimes what, 91, and these, you know, Hartford and Stanford and all these different places. Okay. Uh, and then the Hutchinson Parkway, which is another piece of shit. Um, and, and, but basically once you get going, it's like, well, you can take I-95 and then somewhere in Virginia, uh, south of somewhere south of DC, you can get on, uh, or you can go into North Carolina. And you can. There's a couple highways that just intersect North Carolina and go to Charlotte. 85. That's the one that goes through North Carolina, through Charlotte, down to Atlanta. It's a. Uh, it's a piece of shit. It's the worst fucking highway there is. It's awful in Charlotte. There's a lot of highways in Charlotte. Somehow 85 is infinitely worse. A million times worse than 77 or 485 or any of these other highways 287 whatever the fuck they i don't know i don't remember the names uh and and then yeah 85 just goes right into atlanta and it's just a an even bigger shit show down there um 
because Atlanta's traffic is now, you know, they are they are definitely in the top ten and probably the top five just forever as far as horrible traffic with Boston and New York and L.A. and D.C. and all those great places um, with great great traffic. Charlotte's Charlotte's not close to those, but it's uh, it's got its own little fun traffic situations too. Uh, it'll get there very soon. It's it's been on the way for the last. Uh, last decade decade and a half and it's just it's just gonna it's gonna get there when you see when every five minutes there's a new uh high-rise condo tower and apartments and a new development of houses that where there used to be a forest and nothing is being done to the roads yeah of course it's it's gonna be a fucking disaster but hopefully the remote thing will maybe offset that i don't know uh it doesn't seem to be in boston because the traffic is worse than before the pandemic so who knows uh, anyway, 85, when you get off 95 and you get on 85, you're just driving diagonally across the entire state of North Carolina down to Charlotte. And it is, it is, there are some very gorgeous drives in Charlotte. Most of those are, you'd have to go out west into the mountains. That's, it's beautiful. Uh, Blue Ridge Parkway, all that. I mean, it's just great, right? It's nice. Uh, the drive, however... <laughs> The other 90% of the state is as flat as a pancake. And the drive from 85, from 95 across North Carolina to Charlotte is as boring, as dreadful. I, I, for those of you New Yorkers, here's, here's what I'm going to say. I would, I would rather drive an I-90 from Albany to Buffalo <laughs> any day of the week. <laughs> than to have to drive 85 across North Carolina. That's how boring that drive is. And anybody who knows that wonderful drive out to Western New York, out to Rochester, out to Syracuse, out to Buffalo is the worst. There's no scenery. There's no nothing. It sucks. It's boring. It's the worst. It goes forever because you're just dr- you're driving due west across the longest part of the state of New York, and it doesn't end. Uh and then to make matters worse, when it does end, you're in fucking Rochester or Buffalo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lovely, lovely towns. Uh, anyway, so driving across North Carolina, it's just the scenery is the signs and you're trying to figure out which combination of Bojangles, Waffle House, Arby's, Sheets, gas stations. Which combination is going to be like, ah, oh, is this one going to be, I'll bet this next one is Denny's and Zaxby's and McDonald's. Oh, no, it's Waffle House, Wendy's and Sheets. And that's all it is. And it just goes forever. And the worst part of it is <laughs> that that drive is usual for us. If you're driving straight through and you leave at 4.45 in the evening as there's no more daylight left and the entire drive is nighttime, uh, yeah, you get there, I don't know, it was about 6. I think it was between 6 and 8 in the morning that we were driving on 85, and it just didn't, it just doesn't end. And you know how it is. When you're doing a long drive like that and you leave at quarter to 5 and we got to my parents' driveway at 8 o'clock, it's 15 hours. Yes, an hour was, some might say, wasted. 
some might say well spent driving through New York to see the stupid Christmas tree. Uh, so we would have gotten there at seven instead of eight probably. But otherwise, uh, yeah, we got there at eight in the morning on Christmas Eve. And that final stretch of 85 was just the worst because now, now this is the time where I'm like, you know, my eyes are getting real heavy. <laughs> Those eyelids are weighing a few tons right about now. And it's still dark because in, you know, North Carolina is west of New England. So like, even though in New England, New York in the winter in December, it gets dark at like four o'clock and down there it gets dark at like five thirty, six o'clock. But in the morning, they're not seeing any sunlight until like 7.30. Whereas here, it's it's already starting to get light at like 6. So it's just dark, 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 dark. And then finally, when we were around Concord, uh, Concord, Concord, North Carolina, which is just uh, just northeast of Charlotte. It's where, this, it's where the Speedway is. And... Uh, then the sun started to come up, which was actually even more depressing because then it's like, oh, God damn it. It's daylight. I haven't slept. I haven't slept in 24 hours and now the sun's coming up. And then it's like, and then when the sun comes up, you realize it's Christmas Eve and you're in North Carolina and there's just no snow or anything. And also the whole week was in like, it's the 70s. It was like mid 70s. The day that we left, the humidity it felt like it was the middle of summer. Like there's, and I had a fucking sweatshirt on because you know you dress for the destination, and uh, it was hot and it was humid <laughs> all week. It was rainy towards the end of the week. It was crazy, but uh, you know, it was like, oh man, I'm so bummed out to be in North Carolina. I'm always bummed out to be in North Carolina. I do not like being in North Carolina ever. What I do like is being with my family, being with my parents, my in-laws, my sister, my brother, their kids. That's the best. And so what, what I try to do is I try to get to their house and then not leave because I don't – when I go out and see the rest of North Carolina, I remember what it was like to live there before, which was like, okay, you're trying to do stuff. You're trying to see stuff, and it's just – just it ain't, it ain't doing it for me. I'm just – man, I'm just not a, not a North Carolina guy. But when I'm at my parents' house or I'm at my in-law's house or my sister's house, brother-in-law's house – it's, uh, I don't feel like I'm in North Carolina. I just feel like I'm at their house. And so I don't even look at the, the world around me. And I just, it's like, it, you know, it feels like we're back in New York. Until you go outside and it's, it's 72 degrees at 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> Which is not the norm, even for North Carolina, for this time of year. That is incredibly warm, uh, even for the South. But that's what it was like. So we got to, so we got to my parents' house at 8 a.m. They were probably expecting that we had stopped at a hotel and wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be there until, uh, until later in the day, later in the evening. What is this? Okay. Um, yeah. So we got there and I called my mom. I said, are you awake? She said, yeah. I said, could you open the garage door? We're, we're here. She's like, you're kidding me. Yeah. And so it was very, it was nice, but it was also like, it was an anticlimactic. We haven't had like, you know, you picture after all these years of not seeing each other, it's going to be, uh, you know, big hugs and stuff. And when we first saw my parents over the summer in Myrtle Beach, they were in the, we were in the pool. So I didn't get to get out and give my parents a hug right away. And, you know, my mom's crying. She's so happy to see us for the first time in almost two years. 
uh, back in August. And then this time it was like, <laughs> you know, out in the driveway and it's, it's early in the morning. I'm like, good morning. Merry Christmas. Good to see you. And my dad was still sleeping. So it was like, yeah, it wasn't, but it was still great. It was a great feeling to just finally, oh, to finally be in their driveway, to be at their house and uh, to be able to just, okay, we're going to un- unload this car and then go to bed. <laughs> and we slept for most of the day on Christmas Eve. Um, so anyway, and then w- one thing, and I, wow, I'm so pissed I wasn't there to see this, was my dad woke up and had no idea we were there. And he was getting dressed to go to his Orange Theory to do his, uh, you know, to do his workout. And he's putting his sweatshirt on and everything. And he comes out into the main living area to get his shoes, get his sneakers, get his keys. And uh, my youngest daughter was just standing there. And he has uh, evidently his jaw hit the floor. And, he, and she just she just looked up and just waved, waved to grandpa. And, uh, you know, I think they had a big hug and all that stuff. And it sounds it's just it's like, oh, come on. What was I was unloading the car. I couldn't be there to see that. Oh, after all that drive, all that work to get there, I couldn't be there to see this nice moment with my dad seeing his granddaughter who he didn't expect to see, uh, at least not for several more hours, if not later at night. <laughs> so that was a great, that was a great thing. And he just kept, it was so sweet. My dad just kept saying like all day, he's like, that was the greatest Christmas surprise I could ever have is to come out to get my sneakers, to go work out get my keys and then there's there's my grandkids just standing there waving and you know good morning grandpa whatever they I don't know if they, it's just so sweet so sweet um anyway so hang on oh, it's getting hot hot in here uh so yeah so that was christmas eve we got there we unloaded all the gifts spent a little bit of time with my folks and then went right up to bed and the kids, the kids did not go to bed because the youngest had slept for most of the car ride, so she was good. And the oldest wanted to stay up with the youngest and didn't feel sleepy because they were on, like, their second or third wind. Uh, and then when we got up later, we got dressed. I ran to the store to get some things, get some cookie dough to maybe make Christmas cookies. And then Christmas Eve was at my parents' house, which is where we stayed for the week. So we had to get up. We had to get dressed, had to get ready. And I totally regretted having that nap because I woke up and felt a million times worse. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Uh, I went to Publix, got a few few items, came back, had a nice Christmas Eve dinner with the family. It was, it was lovely, beef stroganoff, all that good stuff. Uh, and then my poor, <laughs> my poor 12-year-old was so dead that as Kimmy and I were getting dressed and getting ready for the family to come over, and uh, I turned around and turned back, and uh, my my 12-year-old had been, you know, kind of just walking around, just sort of moping around like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm very tired. I'm like, okay, well, sleep. You haven't slept. And then the next thing I know, I turned around, and the kid was just sprawled out on our bed face down. And we were talking at a normal – I didn't even realize that they were sleeping. So like, I'm yelling down to my mom. My mom's yelling up to us. We're yelling, to, you know, talking to each other in a normal voice. And I look down. It's like, oh, my God, this kid's been sleeping this whole time. So we let them sleep. I came up, uh, you know, every so often to check on them and say, hey, because you know how it is. 
I want to let the kids sleep because the kid needed sleep, but also like their cousins are there. It's like the whole family's downstairs. It's Christmas Eve. I don't want them to, you know, sleep through it and then have them be mad at me because I didn't wake them up to go enjoy their Christmas. So I came up around six, six thirty. Said, "Hey, we're gonna have dinner pretty soon. I don't want you to miss all the fun. Your cousins are here." And they kind of got up and then and then got back and then went from being on top of the bed to under the covers. And then a short while later, I said, okay, I'll be back in a half hour. Maybe at 7, 7.30, I'll come back and wake you up. Okay. Uh, and then I guess the, the cousins woke them up just by being loud. So they came. So my oldest got up and was able to enjoy Christmas Eve with their cousins playing around, dicking around, having fun, all that stuff. So it was good. It was good. Christmas morning, had presents, open presents. Uh, the kids, you know, it was nice. It was nice. I do, I do spoil my children. <laughs> I was, I was quite spoiled, and I, I want the same for my kids. I can't help it. I don't care. Unapologetically, I spoil the shit out of my kids. Um, so, <laughs> same, same for this year with, with Christmas. Last year we spoiled them because we couldn't be near the family, so we went a little overboard. This year we just went overboard because, like, hey, you know, let's make it a great Christmas. It's been a tough year. We're going to be with the family, and here's some really awesome gifts. And, uh, yeah, my oldest, uh, it was gifts that they had asked for, thinking there was no way that they were going to get them. Uh, but they got them. And so it was a, kind of a fun a fun morning as my, my oldest got up and was, you know, was in tears a little bit or, or very close to tears. Had to leave the room a few times. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Are you serious? Are you serious? Is this real? Yep, it's real. And then, you know, lots of nice big hugs for me. And then my dad, luckily, I didn't, I'm an idiot. So, I, you know, my oldest kept coming up to me like, thank you, thank you, give me a hug and everything. And if it had been just us, I would have been like, hey, go thank your mother too. Uh, but I was just, you know, I'm taking videos, I'm you know, a million thoughts and all this stuff. But luckily my dad had the wherewithal to say, hey, Cam, don't forget to thank your mother, which was, you know, deservedly so. So it was... It was a nice day. Went over to my sister's house for the. Uh, went over to my in-laws for the afternoon. Gift exchange there. Then went to my sister's. Had dinner. Lovely, lovely dinner. Awesome. Oh my god, roast beef and all. Just incredible, incredible spread. And uh, and and yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. Christmas uh, Eve, Christmas Day, and then just had a nice uh, a nice week. Sunday was pretty relaxing. Didn't really do much of anything, which was perfect. Hung out, played with the you know, set up all the cool new things that my kids got. Uh, just relaxed for the day, and then you know Monday through Friday for me was just work, <laughs> just normal work days. So all right, and for the kids, they got to uh, spend a lot of time over at their. Uh, at my in-laws, hanging out with, with their other grandparents. And, uh, yeah, we just, you know, that was it. That was, and every night we would get together, uh, either at my sister's house, my parents' house, got to see my cousin Corey, who I haven't seen in years, and his wife, Caroline. They were in town for a couple days, got to have pizza and have them come over. Uh, my mother-in-law retired on Friday. I'm so fucking jealous. Because now all four of my children's grandparents are fully 100% retired. Um, as my parents have been for quite some time. And uh, my father-in-law retired over the summer. And now my mother-in-law, the last 
the last one standing of the grandparents officially logged off of her computer, I think around one o'clock on Friday on New Year's Eve. And then we went over and had a, had a fun little get together with pizza and uh, to celebrate the big, the big milestone. So that's pretty nice. Cousins got to play together. You know, it's, it's all, all good stuff. Uh, the only problem was Friday. <laughs> I had to work all day. I didn't, I finished work around three and uh, was trying to pack before we went to my in-laws, which we were scheduled to be there around 4. We got there a little after 4, 4.15, 4, 4.20. Uh, so I didn't get to do too much packing. So it was a little a little stressful at, uh, at the in-laws, unfortunately, because I kept thinking, all right, well, we got to pack. We got a lot of packing to do. And we're, I'm planning, we're leaving at 7 a.m. And we're driving straight through tomorrow. And, uh, and that's what we did. We came home. Stayed up way too late packing. Uh, it was the worst of both worlds in a sense because we stayed up too late packing but couldn't stay up late enough to see the ball drop, which is something that's never happened, um, but intentionally just went to bed before the ball dropped. Uh, that's the other thing. It was like it was a little weird because uh, sometimes we have our Christmases here in New Hampshire. Sometimes we're in North Carolina. We're always, de- with the exception of last year, we're always down there for some portion of that week usually around Christmas Day uh, through maybe the 28th, the 29th, the 30th, something like that. Either way, we're always back here to enjoy the the New Year's stuff, which I love because I don't want to ever go out. I'm never, as long as I live, you'll never see me go out anywhere on New Year's Eve. Uh, that just, you know, that ship has, has sailed a long time ago. I think it was about 10 years ago was the last time <laughs> we went out on New Year's Eve. Um, and... Yeah, so, uh, you know, and so this this was a little weird because it's like, yeah, we've spent pretty much every New Year's, uh, the last uh, six New Year's Eves, just right on the couch, same couch, watching the New Year's stuff, watching football, watching Twilight Zone, hanging out, eating, relaxing, and, and this, so that was a little bit of a like, because uh, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't unwind and enjoy myself because I was thinking, okay, we got to pack got to pack all this stuff got to get to bed got to try and get some sleep so i can get up at 5 30 so we can drive home so it's it was a little bit of a bummer i felt bad it's, it's one of those things you know you know where you're in a f- social situation that's fun and everybody's enjoying themselves and you're trying to and you're trying to be fun but you just can't because your mind is totally elsewhere because you're thinking about like oh my god i got all this thing to pack i gotta do this i gotta put this away i gotta make sure the car gotta make sure we're out of here by seven because i want to get home and I'm thinking like, hey, if we leave at 7, you know, if we're lucky, we'll get home by 11 o'clock, probably midnight, though, with stops, with traffic. It's probably going to be a disaster. The good news was yeah, I didn't get much sleep, but we got up at 5.30, loaded everything. Everything had been packed the night before, loaded it all into the car, got the kids up, got them some breakfast, big hugs to my parents. We, were, we pulled out of their driveway at 7.01, which was great. Got to my... Uh, got to my in-laws a few minutes later. They came out, got to hugs, say goodbye to them, all that stuff. Said goodbye to my sister and her family the night before. Uh, so we, yeah, then we got gas. So we were on the road officially by 7.30. And we fucking flew home. We flew home, I tell you. We just had the best travel day you could, I mean, as far as fucking nightmare drives from North Carolina to New Hampshire go, which I hate. Uh, I used to be such a fan of driving. I fucking hate driving now. Dry fucking hate driving. 
I ha- I don't know if it's like the Boston commute or just all the back and forths over the last decade from Florida to New York, New York to North Carolina, North Carolina to New Hampshire, New all this traveling, flying, driving, the whole th- I'm fucking I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. Um so that's the other thing too. I mean, when you have to travel anywhere, it's stressful. So you're, you know, I couldn't I couldn't fully enjoy the the Friday night thing like I wanted to. But anyway, uh we Man, we just we were on the highway at 7:30 after getting gas and we got home at we were we were pulling in at 7:59 p.m. So let's say so let's just say we left at 7 o'clock and we got home at 8 at 13 hours. It's a 12 and a half 12 and a half to 13 hours. And that was with several obviously we had to make several stops. We got McDonald's at one point and got gas. Uh, a couple different stops to get gas and get food, bathrooms and stuff. And we just fucking, we didn't dicker. We just stopped, did what needed to be done. You need the bathroom? All right, let's go get the bathroom. You need a snack or something? All right, let's get it. Let's pick it now. Uh, we made one impromptu stop because the oldest was feeling sick. So I pulled into his sheets to see if I could get Dramamine. And there was one thing they were sold out of, and you could probably guess what it was. But they did have tasty cake pies which I love, my favorite individually wrapped pies, tasty cake pies, so I did get a few of those and a big bag of Swedish fish, and we hit the road. We drove up 81, which is the trucker's highway, really, through North Carolina and Virginia, and it goes up goes up to Binghamton. Uh, no, it goes up to Syracuse. And maybe it goes up past Syracuse. I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we took 81, and then we to Pennsylvania, and then across uh, through Harrisburg and all that shit. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. New Jersey, 287, 87, Tappan Zee Bridge. <sighs> the Hutchinson Parkway, the Merritt Parkway, Connecticut, oh, Massachusetts. Blah, 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 blah. And I just could not believe that we were home at 8 p.m. I was thinking we had at least three and maybe even four additional hours because you just, you never know with traffic what it's going to be like. But we just, man, I fucking, I hate to say it, I just, I fucking gunned it. I just, just drove and drove and drove. So exhausting, so draining, so horrible. But uh, yeah, we got home at eight o'clock and then we still had presents to open. We had, we had our pre-Christmas uh, gift exchange we brought the bulk of the presents down to North Carolina, but then still saved some so we could come home and still have some presents under the tree. Not a ton of stuff. You know, not the most interesting. It's like, yeah, just know that, like, you've already you've opened all the really interesting stuff. The rest of the stuff is like, you know, it's some clothing, <laughs> some socks, some pants, you know, hoodies and stuff. And, you know, a couple little things. I like a pair of binoculars for my oldest and a little a puzzle game and some... Some of those beads uh, for my youngest, you know, some some fun calendars, office clue, you know, little there's stockings with little candies and you know chocolates and stuff. Um, but I got to get my gifts when we got home that night on on New Year's Day. Uh, the kids and Kimmy got me a bunch of presents and I left them all under the tree. I forgot to bring any of them. I asked for some toys and they got me some toys. They got me this cool Optimus Prime. There's like this whole reaction figures cyberchrome optimus prime ages 14 and up adult collectible not a toy <laughs> specifically not a toy 
and there's this whole series with all the Transformers. They're just, they look basically like they do on the cartoon. And they're not really, you can't transform them or anything. They're just in their, in their action figure form. The arms and legs move a little bit. Optimus Prime comes with his, uh, his laser rifle, of course. And it just looks awesome. And now I want all of them. Uh, and then I got a Snake Eyes G.I. Joe figure, which is cool. And I got a Millennium Falcon, a mini Lego Millennium Falcon thing. And it's great. I got chocolate covered. I got my cherry cordials that I always get. My grandmother used to get me them on Christmas. And, uh, and now, yeah, Kimmy got me that. So it was, it was nice. And we had some gifts, gifts for the wife. Uh, the, the new Dave Grohl book and an office book and, you know, a lot of fun stuff. And uh, so, yeah, so we and then the wife and I, even after that drive, as exhausted as I was, we had each one portion left of a peanut butter Buddha bar. And we just both looked at each other and said, yep, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, so we got the kids to bed and we stayed up entirely too late watching tv i don't even remember what we watched we watched the harry potter reunion special on hbo a little bit and got to bed entirely too late and then sunday was just i watched all of the early games of football which were sensational tons of fun games and uh i was right about that cincinnati beating the chiefs i knew it i wasn't right about much yesterday but i was right about that one and uh (laughs) yeah napped a little bit and then just uh Got the kids off to school this morning, which is a horrible, horrible event. Well, it wasn't that bad. There's actually been worse days getting that. My youngest is never, there's no no issues ever getting out the door with the youngest. She's ready to go. She's excited to go to school. Uh, the oldest, not so much. And the oldest, for days, was like, for my Christmas gift, can I just stay home on Monday? And I said, no, I'm sorry. You need to go back to school. <laughs> You've missed quite a few days of school. This and we need to get back to school. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> um, so that was that. It was a week that went by as always, just phew, blink of an eye. It's done. And uh, but we made the you know it's quality time. It's the longest time we've ever been down there. And somehow, I mean, we've had times where we've gone down for like three days, four days at the holiday at Christmas. Because I always that's the other thing I want to be back. Whenever we go down to North Carolina, I have it built in that we get back, like I said, whatever, 28th, 29th, 30th. I don't care as long as there's – I try as hard as I can to make it so that there's at least four days where we can just be home before school starts. Uh, This year is a little different. A, it was just easier for me to travel and not have to take days off work uh, because if I'm not working, I'm not getting paid. So I'm pretty greedy. I like to get paid. Uh, for all four days of work, um, especially since I, t- I took Christmas Eve, uh, you know, last week. But anyway, uh, so and since we were driving, it's not, you know, you can still work and like fly home after work and be there in, in three hours and no big deal. Uh, but since we were driving, it's like, all right, well, our options are pretty limited here. So let's just go back uh, Saturday morning. And I told the kids ahead of time, I said, listen, you're going to have one full day of vacation when we get back. That's it. Uh, they weren't thrilled about that, but it was also, I said, I explained that this was a little bit different. I said, look, your grandmother is retiring. She's never going to retire again. This is a once in a lifetime thing. Her, she didn't ask, she didn't ask, say like, Hey, I want you there. But she was, she asked if how long, long we would be staying. And I, we knew 
how important it was to be there to celebrate her last day of work ever and to have a little, you know, celebratory. We the kids and Kimmy made a cake. We had pizza. It was nice. The family was all there together one last time before we had to go back before the holidays are over. And uh, you know, so we had a nice New Year's Eve uh, thing, and and I, and I explained to the kids like that's never going to happen again. <laughs> like we're never, we're never going to be in North Carolina for New Year's Eve ever again. So this is a once, one time only. Your grandmother doesn't retire every day. We're going to be there to celebrate the special moment with her and come back. And yeah, unfortunately, not have much of a vacation left. But next year is going to be different. Trust me. So. They, they, they got it. They're old enough. They, they get it. They're, they were okay. And, uh, yeah. And then they made the most of it because my oldest spent the whole day yesterday playing. The only thing that my oldest has wanted is Boneworks on VR, a game called Boneworks, which we've listened, has a great soundtrack, by the way. And so, uh, yeah. So the kid got Boneworks and spent pretty much the whole Sunday playing Boneworks. And the youngest spent the Sunday playing video games. I spent the Sunday watching football and napping. And, uh, yeah, and here we are. Back to all the usual stuff. So, anyways, this is going on way too long. Wow, wow. But I wanted to say hi. I wanted to recap my week. Uh, there's more, I'm sure, to talk about. We watched the new Boba Fett show. Uh, I don't know if anybody's watching that, but Wow. Mandalorian, when I first I watched that and I said, oh, my God, this is Star Wars. This feels like Star Wars. I truly feel like I'm watching Star Wars. And, and not to say that that didn't happen in the last three movies because it did, but just not like this, like this Mandalorian where I'm just like, this fucking feels like Star Wars. And then Boba Fett came out and I'm like, I know it's not going to be the Mandalorian, but okay, we'll watch it. And we watched it, and I was just like, God, I fucking, I don't even know what's going on. I don't even care. I, I was half, you know, there's just, it's family stuff going on. So it's like, I can't fully give my attention to it. But I was asking the kids, I'm like, what is it? Is it a flashback? Is it the present day? Is it a part? What's happening? I'm like, I, I got to go back and watch it again, maybe. But also maybe not, because you know what? Boba Fett, that character sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Boba Fett's such a stupid character. Like, what has he done? Everybody, I, I thought I was the only one. I, I, I've never, I've oddly enough, I've never voiced this opinion because I thought this is like, you know, this would be like saying something mean about Betty White, which, by the way, if you say something mean about Betty White, I'll fucking kill you. Not really, but I won't be happy. Um, but everybody just, at least Betty White has like, has this rich, full body of work of her career. It's like, my God, she's been in, multiple successful sitcoms she's hilarious she's done i mean radio, the early days of television and radio shows and all this stuff my god she's an icon she truly is and uh boba fett i've spent the last like i spent my whole life wondering like what is so great about boba fett he's a bounty hunter okay well in the original uh star wars movies he just sort of stands there and uh, and then he has a fucking jetpack. What does he actually do? I don't know what he does. And I know this show is like, okay, well, now we're going to see him do some stuff, I guess. But I just fucking don't care. It's really hard to care. Then I, my, my buddy Alex, turns out, feels the same way. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Good to know that I'm not the only one who thinks Boba Fett sucks. Um, I don't even think he sucks. He's, 
He'd have to like do something sucky to be sucky. He's done nothing. He's just done nothing. What is he? What is his? You know, I don't know. Who cares? I just don't care about Boba Fett. I never have. So, you know, it was cool when he's in the Mandalorian. It's like, oh wow, it's Boba Fett. Yeah, whatever. It's enough. So, um, and then we were watching it. My mom was like, "What? What is this show? What is it called? Bowl of Fat? What are you guys watching? Boba Fett." Bowl of fat? Yes, bowl of fat. I said it's a it's an attorney. His name is it's actually Bob A. Fett. Robert A. Fett, attorney at law. But they just they got the nickname Boba. Bob A. They turned it into Boba. Robert A. Fett, attorney at law. Which might be more interesting than the actual Boba Fett. I don't know. All right, I gotta go. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit, a little bit about the about the week, about the day, about this, that. It's uh, the first podcast of the year. I don't know. Again, I don't know how many of these I'll be able to do on the reg, but we'll, uh, I'll keep podcasting as often as possible. That's all I can say. Uh, and that's it. I hope you had a good holiday. I hope you had a good Christmas, a good New Year. Uh, what else? Not much else. There's, there's plenty else. Oh, one of the places we stopped yesterday, or whatever day it was, Saturday, on our excruciating drive home was, and it rained the whole time too. That was fun. Um, uh, we stopped at some fucking, boy, Virginia. Virginia, what a piece of shit that place is. God damn it, I hate the South. Uh, I mean, truly no masks, no employees, no nothing. Just just good old-fashioned Virginia freedom, baby. And uh, so we stopped in Virginia, and the place was called Handy Mart. I got a picture of it. I thought that's cute. It's a handy mart. And next door to Handy Mart, <laughs> next door to the old Handy Mart, uh, was a little pizza place called the Italian Touch. <laughs> like, that's all the names you could have chosen. And you went the Italian Touch, which, if you want to know how, uh, how there's absolutely no Italian Touch. On your food, it's it's a place called Italian Touch, because it should be you know called something like you know Joe's Pizza, right? Mike's, those are those are Sal's. <laughs> Actually, Sal, I would, I don't know about Sal's because there's Sal's in New England and it's 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 okay, uh, you know some kind of, and but this is just like <laughs> the Italian Touch. Oh yes, I'd like. I'd like three Italian touches, please. Oh, well, come on over. We'll go to the Handy Mart first, and then the Italian touch. Or perhaps the Italian touch can happen at the Handy Mart. Italian touches, Handy Marts, that's all good fun. Great fun. And no masks, except for me. The only asshole who fucking wears a mask. Anyway, um, yeah. I guess, I guess Virginia is for lovers. Because they've got the Handy Mart and the Italian Touch. And everybody's wearing camouflage. And they, and McDonald's truly is a sit-down restaurant. All, any of the times that I've stopped in Virginia at a McDonald's, and the only reason I go in is because I have to use the bathroom. Because I went into the Handy Mart to go to the bathroom. And oddly enough, the bathrooms were out of order for cleaning. I can only imagine. It's the only place where it's like, you know, they've got a rope. It's roped off. You can't even go back there. I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course, the Handy Mart would have to deep clean the bathrooms. I'm not surprised about that. Uh, so we had to use the McDonald's next door and ran in and 
Oh my God. It's just, hey, look, camouflage. I don't give a shit about you wearing camouflage. That's, but it's like, this is a Riz, really is a sit down restaurant here in Virginia. All going to go to McDonald's, have ourselves a nice food, a lot of nice lunch, sit down meal. Oh, yeah, let me get that uh, number two. I want a Diet Coke. Uh, and then I'm going to go to the Handy Martin, the Italian. Let me get a, can I get the Italian Touch bundle, please? <laughs> uh, yes, hi. I'll have the uh, basket of Italian Touch. The Italian Touch basket, please. Can you supersize my Italian Touch? I want, I want the biggest Italian Touch you can give me. I want all. I want every Italian touch I can find. I don't care if I have to go to the Handy Mart to get the Italian touch. I'm getting the Italian touch, please. Oh, my God. Good fun. All right. I'll talk to you next time here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Happy New Year. 2022 is here. It's got to be a great year, right? Yeah, this is our year. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Later, Gators.